Hey guys, welcome to episode number 33 of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, it's just me today. I've decided to do a little solo sesh. I've gotten so many requests on my DMs to do more episodes alone. And to be honest with you, I really want to start doing more because I kind of like telling you what I learn and not just interviewing people. So I hope that's okay with you. Today, I really wanted to talk about something that I've been working on a lot the past few weeks, and it's self-love and how I keep it in check and keep my self-love in line because honestly, my life doesn't work well, my mentality doesn't work well when I don't feel like in love with myself completely, you know what I mean? And to be honest, the past two weeks, I haven't felt... 100%. I think I've been going through some hormonal changes, a lot going on in my work life that has been keeping me really stressed out, a lot um, of what ifs and maybes and anxieties and all that jazz. And, you know, when I'm not feeling 100%, it's more of an incentive for me to make excuses and not to do my morning routine and not to do this or that or overeat or like some sort of, um, you know, self-sabotaging that I like to do, Um, and I've been really trying to work on it. So I'm going to give you a raw and real episode today, and I'm going to try to not cut it. I'm not going to, you know, edit all the ums out or this and that. I want it to be super raw and real. Um, I did make a few notes just when I was getting my hair done the other day. I was thinking of this solo episode, and um, yeah, so I wanted to let you know what I'm doing that's actually been really helping me with my confidence, my self-love, and my happiness levels, I guess. So something I recently did is put a time limit on my social media. If you have an iPhone with the new update, you can put restrictions on how much you use your social media and like choose the apps and stuff. I've put mine for an hour and a half a day because I usually go on it for like four hours a day. It's my job, okay? But that's my excuse. Oh my god, Mimi, no, you just, (laughs) it's not my job to go on Instagram for four hours a day. That's my excuse I tell myself, so I should only be going on for an hour and a half. It's what I told myself to do. Um, I've been maybe doing, like, I've been pressing the ignore thing a few times, so maybe, like, two hours a day I've been doing, but that's still, like, half of what I used to be doing. So if you have an iPhone or, like, some app that can help you, you know, monitor your social media usage um, that you're using, you should definitely do that because it's helped me a lot. Because I've talked about this before on the podcast, I think technology and just social media and, you know, just phones in general, I think it really affects my mental health and it kind of makes me feel like dull minded and it doesn't make me feel like I'm living in the moment or just living in general when I'm sucked into my phone or watching YouTube videos. Like, I don't know if you have listened to my past episodes, but I have this weird addiction with like those Dr. Phil YouTube videos. And it's like, oh, like 14 and pregnant or this and that. Like, I love watching that shit for some reason. So yeah, I need to stop doing that because it doesn't make me feel good. And yeah, once in a while, if I just want to have a chilled night, I'm, I'll do that for sure, but I, it's become something that I've been doing like more often than not. So that's something I'm going to be working on or I am currently working on. So instead of 
checking social media and going on, you know, scrolling mindlessly on Instagram or just really mind numbing activities on my phone or computer, I've tried to replace it with something. So what I try to do now is just like be okay with not having my phone in my hand and just being okay with with not being, you know, distracted and stimulated at all times. Um, you know, so these days when I've been uh, at the hair salon or like going on a run or going on a walk, like I, I won't, I'll, I'll try to live in the moment more. I'll try to just like breathe and be okay and be one with my own thoughts. So that's really helped me, I think, with my mentality. And I feel like I'm actually happier when I'm not on my phone a lot. So this is one of the biggest things, I think. If I monitor my usage on my phone, I'm happier as a human being. I've done all the self-experimenting. I'm just way happier. So instead of checking my phone, I just breathe. I know that sounds a bit silly and like a bit woo-woo, but I breathe. I feel my lungs open up and I just breathe out. And I try to breathe in and out through my tummy because that's a better way to breathe. You get more oxygen in there. And I just try to live in the moment more and it's really helped me just kind of get back in the zone and be nicer to myself. Um, And I think, think subconsciously what I do when I'm on Instagram mindlessly scrolling or, you know, on those YouTube rampages, I'm just like avoiding some stress and anxiety that I'm feeling about something else completely. It's just really, it's, it's like people that overeat or people that smoke cigarettes or people that are alcoholics. It's like, they're just trying to escape from something like they, I personally think it's my opinion that, you know, all of these addictions and bad habits are actually to cover up something deeper going on. You just need a break and you want to tune off your brain and that's your body's stress response being like, okay, we want to, we just want to stop this stressed feeling. So we're going to go do something we know works to distract us in the moment. But in reality, it doesn't work long-term and we all know that. So I think just being okay with feeling a certain way and just going to the root problem itself is really going to help for all of us. So I don't know what your personal, you know, problems are at the moment, but for me, it's my work life. I'm stressed as fuck. There's this massive project that can make or break everything, and I've been working on it for over a year, and I'm just obsessed with it, and I'm just so hopeful, and everything is seeming to align, but you never know, and it could just break, you know, from under my feet. And I don't like thinking that way, but I'm really not in control at this point. It's not up to me. So that's been a massive anxiety. Another one is my visa situation. My visa expires in December, and I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do afterwards. So if this other project happens, then everything falls into place, and I get my visa, and I all of this amazing stuff will happen. And if I don't, then I need a backup plan, and I've been stressing so much about that. So that's my current anxiety and the way that I block out those negative feelings that I've been feeling is by whipping out my phone and checking Instagram and mindlessly scrolling until my brain feels mushy. So I know that that's something I need to work on and I have been working on it and it's just like breathing and just being in the moment and just like visualizing what I want is really motivating for me. Um, And also... With everything I do, I just, I feel like I'm more depressed when I am around technology and consuming too much social media and too many YouTube videos and all that jazz. So I used to watch, um, even if it's like informative YouTube videos on like health stuff, I used to always 
watch something while eating, okay? I work from home a lot of days and I, you know, I'm alone. So I make myself lunch or dinner and I whip out my computer and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to watch this informative YouTube video on this type of health thing or how your body reacts to sugar or like something or a TED talk, but it's like, okay, but I'm not even tasting my food. So the number two point is intuitive eating. I I don't want to be staring at a screen while I'm putting this nutritious, beautiful food that I've cooked for myself in my body. I'm not tasting it. I'm not even appreciating it. It's just going, I'm shoveling it down. I'm not even like chewing properly. It's messing with my digestion. So I need to be okay with not being continuously stimulated. And that's something our generation, I think, really struggles with. And I struggle with it so much. Like today, I had to listen to like a podcast while I was eating, which is better than watching a screen because you're still, you know, you can you can watch your food go into your mouth and you're still being a bit more mindful. But I just, I'm, it's hard. It really is hard. So that's another thing that I've really found helps a lot with my self-love and my positivity and happiness in my life. It's just like being really appreciative of what's going inside my body and not numbing myself by staring at a screen or watching something while eating. And I'm going to tell you, I've been eating less because of it. If I'm watching something and I'm eating, I'll eat like double the amount just because it's like fun to eat and watch something. I know you guys know what I mean. I love to like just eat snacks and watch YouTube videos. It's like my favorite thing ever, but it's not good for me. <laughs> it's not good. I Overeating is not good for you. And, you know, mindlessly doing these things is not good for you. So I'm trying to do more intuitive eating. Intuitive living is basically what this whole podcast I think is going to be about. I think just being more in the moment, being more present and really, you know, looking around and like, breathing in the air and just like noticing little things, not going through life with your head down, thinking about your past or what you want to achieve in the future. And just like, that's all you're thinking about. You need to live in the moment more. And, you know, I'm always told all the time and I'm always reading, like the process is the most important part. If you're on a mission to reach your goal body, if you're on a mission to get your dream career, and you know, if you're on a mission to to have the best relationship of your life, if you're just putting your head down and going through life without actually living in the moment and you think that's just the way to work, it's just like, you know, put your head down, grind, and then you'll get there. It's like, no, the process is the most important thing. And I'm, I'm told that all the time. And I read, read that all the time by big, you know, motivators and mentors and all these successful people. So I really want to start taking that on because I don't, I don't disbelieve them. Like I completely think that's true. So that's another thing. Um, listening to my body. Intuitive eating also means just listening to what your body wants in the moment. You guys know me. In the past year, I've been pretty strict on myself eating wise. Um, I've learned a lot about health, which is amazing, and I I love how I do eat, but I, I think I've been going at it in an unhealthy way sometimes, thinking, you know, oh no, carrots are too high in sugar, I'm not going to eat that, it's not keto. And it's like, okay, I get it, it's not keto, but it's also fucking vegetable, and yes, there's natural sugar, but there's also fiber, and it's like, we're supposed to be eating root vegetables, like you know, looking back in our lineage, you know, millions of years ago, like, that's what humans ate, like, vegetables that come from the ground, and, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, do I really, like, what's more important to me, 
being skinny or being healthy. And I've struggled with that a lot. And I'm not going to lie, I think my answer may have been in the past skinny. But this drive to wanting to be thin has, has really brought me to this place of wanting health. Because the more I learn about health and food, the more I want to be healthy. And the more I, I do it and I practice it, the better I feel. So the desire of being skinny has brought me into this incredible health journey where I'm now attached. And I'm like, I, I'm doing this for my body. I'm taking care of myself. I'm not feeding myself certain things out of hatred. I'm making it taste good. And I, this is like a love, this is like a me and my body love relationship. I, it's my my relationship with myself. And I think that's really important. And I'm so happy I've come to this conclusion now. I'm sure I go back and forth sometimes. But right now, in this moment, I, I'm doing everything to be healthy. And it's not about just how I look. It's about how I feel. Because to be honest, how I feel, how you feel, is everything. If you feel horrendous and you don't feel pretty and you don't feel confident but on the outside to somebody else you look gorgeous and confident or not confident you look gorgeous and 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 beautiful and then you act like this unconfident sad person no one's gonna find you attractive maybe for five seconds and then when they get to know you they'll be like oh she's wounded you know so I don't know if that made sense but what I'm trying to say is beauty only lasts so long if you're happy with yourself inside and you actually love yourself enough to take care of your body and to feed it healthy food and to get it to move around and you really work on who you are as a human, then that will shine through anything more than beauty, more than outside beauty. I mean, inner beauty is is more than outside beauty. And I've come to that realization pretty recently. Um, not like very recently, but like the past few years, I've definitely realized that more and more. Um you know, I've met miserable people that have good looks. Like, I can tell you a few people that, uh, you know, look pretty, but they're awful humans. Like, they're just not nice. Like, they're, you can just tell from the way they speak to others that they have zero confidence and they are really unhappy with who they are. You know, there are a few people that I encountered in my reality TV experience that, we're just ugly personality-wise. Yes, from the outside, maybe they were good-looking, like a standard stereotype, you know, fake, 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 fake. Not that I'm judging that. I'm just saying, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I am kind of judging that, so I shouldn't be so mean. But yeah, I don't know. People that just like only really care about their appearance and not doing self-work. You know, I have nothing wrong with getting stuff done, but... The people that get everything done, every single inch of their body done, there is some insecurity factor there, you know? And you can tell by their personality a lot of the time, especially some people that I know. I'm sure if you watch the show, you could guess who I'm speaking about. But there are some people that are just not happy with themselves by the way they speak to others. And, you know, it just shows. Everything just shows. So that's one thing. I don't know if I was getting a bit off topic there. <laughs> Obviously, I have some more stuff to get over, Mimi. Um, uh, but yeah, look at my notes, sorry. From a health standpoint, this is really important, intuitive eating. If you listen to your body, this is what I've been doing the past two weeks. Yes, I'm still doing a, a higher healthy fat plant-based-ish diet. Like, I don't like saying the word keto anymore. So many people think of keto and they think of cheeseburgers and bacon. It's not what I do. 
So Ketotarian, if you haven't listened to that podcast I did with Dr. Will Cole, such a great read or listen. Um, I'm looking at his book right now, so I just said read. Um, (laughs) You should definitely buy his book, though, as well. So that kind of eating, I think, is, like, the best ever for human beings. I think I definitely agree with all the science out there, and I agree with all of the, you know, people that preach it out there, like Mark Hyman and Will Cole. Like, I love both of their approaches to food and, and using food as medicine. So I think intuitive eating is amazing if you're doing it from a health standpoint. So... I've been asking myself recently before eating, I've been like, what do I feel like eating right now? Like, what does my body want right now? You know, in the mornings, I've been like, do I want a green tea or do I want a coffee? And I ask myself these questions and I'm not really doing things out of habit anymore. And I'm doing it out of like asking my body and and getting an answer from it and then acting on that. I'm never going to ask my body, what do you feel like eating today? And my body replies back, I want a, you know, chicken McNugget meal from McDonald's. Like, that will never happen because I'm coming from a health standpoint. And I know my body would never ask for that because it's not good for my body. My cells don't crave that. And I know what's good for me and I know it's bad for me from all the research that I've done. So, you know, it's intuitive eating plus having knowledge on health has been really great for my self-love, you know, body love, and just mind love, because I'm actually asking myself, what do you want? And I'm not just doing things and acting in a certain way because I want a certain result. Like, I'm not going to do a hit class and, like, kill myself and not listen to my body and go way overboard because I want a a good body or I want, like, a a tighter, firmer body. I'm going to do those kinds of workouts if I really feel the energy and I want to release something, not because I'm forcing myself to do something and harm myself because it's out of like, you know, disappointment of where I currently am. That would never happen now. Um, I'm when I'm in this mindset, that won't happen. So another thing that I do for my self-love, so we got, you know, less technology, less social media, breathing more, living in the moment more, intuitive eating, okay? Not putting restrictions on myself with that too. Like, I just said, yes, I've been promoting the keto-ish diet recently, but if I'm craving something that's not totally keto, like if I'm craving a, you know, like what? Like a vegan mac and cheese. Oh my God, last week I went to pharmacy. It's like a really yummy vegan place in Notting Hill. And they have this brown rice, pasta, vegan, gluten-free mac and cheese, like all organic and delicious. And I was really in the fucking mood for this mac and cheese. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to have it. Like, why am I just beating myself up? I haven't had this in so long. And I did it and I didn't regret it and I didn't overeat it. I just ate it and that's it. And I felt good after because I was like, all right, I'm doing this out of love. If I'm doing this out of love, I'm not going to overeat it and I'm not going to make this an excuse that the rest of the day is, is over and done and I need to be bad the rest of the day because it's tomorrow's a fresh day and I have this this day to just fuck up, you know? It's not with that mentality where I used to always have that mentality. So yeah, just cutting out the restrictions, but generally speaking, I am still doing that, the diet that you guys have heard me talk about, um, you know, the higher fat, healthy, plant-based-ish diet. And because I feel great doing it, but now I'm not really counting my macros and counting everything anymore, which I think is a lot better for my mind. Another thing for self-love that I've been doing, stretching before bed. I love this because 
it's pretty meditative and it is also just putting you in tune with your body and just noticing what hurts, what feels good, like what parts of your body need love, what parts of your body are really flexible, just like really being in tune with you and just having that relationship with your body and that care that you give it. It's really important. Another thing is running. I don't know if you've noticed on my Insta stories, I've been running a lot more often and I love it. I really love it. I've been doing it for six weeks and before this, uh, yes, I was fit going to the gym. I could do 10 pull-ups in a row, but I could not run for longer than like five minutes without like hating myself, like my body myself. Like I, I was just like completely off. And I, after, so I did this six weeks ago, after five minutes, I had to walk for a bit. And then I went for a little bit longer, walked a bit, bit a little bit longer, walked a bit, ended up doing like three or 4K. And I was really sore the next day. I didn't feel like great, but I knew this was a challenge for me. And I, my body was telling me, okay, I'm sore, but this actually feels good. It's a good sore. So keep doing it. So I've started to run at least three times a week. Um, on Sundays, I'll do it with Ben. And then the other two days of the week, I'll do it myself. And I aim to do two 5k runs and one 10k run. But again, if I'm feeling sore from another workout, then I won't stress out about it and I'll just do my own thing. So the running has been great for my mental health because I don't run that fast. I'll run for like half hour to an hour, like a slow to medium pace. If I'm feeling more energetic, then I'll go faster. Like it's just really whatever I feel like doing. But um, I'll listen to a podcast at the same time. I'll either listen to a almost 30 podcast, a, oops, sorry, my my dinger is on. I'm turning my notifications off. Um, an Almost 30 podcast or a Skinny Confidential podcast or a Sahara Rose podcast or um, one of these health podcasts, a Bulletproof Radio podcast, um, Mark Hyman's new podcast, The Doctor's Pharmacy. Um, There's so many that I listen to, but something that is giving me something to learn. I don't, I don't really like you know, listening to music really when I run because I get bored. I know, weird. But I, I like to listen to podcasts. It just keeps my mind busy and it's just really relaxing and it's a meditation, me slow, slowly running. It it feels good. And after that run, I'm like, wow, I feel amazing. You get this runner's high and then I have a really hot shower and I just like use all of these delicious smelling body scrubs that I've never really used because I'm like, oh, the packaging's cute. I don't want to actually use it, but I've been using them lately. And I've just been like, you know, I I stopped thinking so much like, oh, one day I'll do that or when I'm ready, I'll do that. I just kind of do it. So I know it's a small example using like my fancy body scrub, but I'm like, why don't I deserve it now? I can use it now. Or like using that really delicious smelling lotion. I'm like, why am I saving this for something? Like, yes, now I'm going to do it. This face mask that's expensive that I don't like to use often. Like, fuck it. I'm going to use it, you know? Just like I have all these products. Like, why don't I just, you know? So that's kind of another thing I've been doing. It's just like really giving myself these gifts all the time. Um, so the running thing is amazing for me. Another thing is staying clean and organized. I have a small flat um, and it can get messy easily. I am a girl and <laughs> when I'm getting ready, I could just try on my entire wardrobe and then put it on my, in this little uh, corner of my room and unfold it and it will really just build and build until my room is like an entire clothing pile and it's awful. So another thing I've been really trying to do is 
just staying clean and organized and keeping my shit folded and just like having my floor swept when it needs to, if there's too much dust on the ground or something, just like it really keeps my brain clear and organized as well. And I'm convinced that it really just helps my mentality. If I wake up in a clean room, I have a way better day than if I wake up in a messy room. I always try to clean before bed because I don't want to wake up and like get all stressed out in the morning. So I'll just clean before bed. And, you know, it's easier to to clean as you go. Um, My mom always used to say that when I was younger, clean as you go. (laughs) I fucking hated it. But it's true. Clean as you go is just way easier than like letting everything lead up and pile up and um, build up, I mean. And then you have this massive whole day of cleaning. It's just way easier to like, you know, put the plate in the dishwasher when you're done. Like don't just let everything build up. Um, So I've been trying to work on that for sure. Um, another thing is doing my morning routine. Um, I, I need to do that every day, even if it's just a short meditation. You know, this morning Ben, uh, slept over last night. So this morning I, I guess I just didn't really want to read over my notes and like do my writing. So I just meditated with him for 20 minutes. So just doing anything possible and I don't need to be perfect. That's another thing I've been trying to work on. I always used to feel like, oh, if I'm not going to do my whole morning routine, I might might as well not even do it at all. But now I've been having this mentality of just like, Mimi, come on, babe. Like, you're fine. Just do a little bit or, you know, do the whole thing if you want to. But like, if you're having a bit of a bad day, it doesn't mean the rest of your days is done and you can just give up and have a negative shitty day because you missed one little thing. It's like, keep, like, you're human. Keep trying. Like, it's okay if you don't do the entire thing. Just do what you really feel like you need right now. Um, So the morning routine thing is great. And also my skin routine that is kind of in line with my morning routine. I feel great and it's it's really a sign of self-love when I'm taking care of my skin. And I I do it slowly and I just appreciate myself when I'm doing it. I'll, I'll be putting my you know, eye cream on, my serums on, my oils on, and my amazing products on my face and like, you know, putting it on my face in circular motions and using my gua sha tool, which is a facial massage tool. And like really just spend time on my face in the morning. It wakes me up. And I also feel like it's a loving activity. I'm touching my skin with love. I'm not being harsh. Like it's a really nice thing to do. So that's another thing that I love to do. Um, when I'm feeling like I need some self-love. Another thing is drinking, you know, a cup of tea before bed and reading a nice book. Just really doing these nice things for yourself and and not doing things out of hatred. If I didn't love myself an evening and I didn't feel like doing being good or whatnot, I'd probably sit on my phone, mindlessly scroll on Instagram, look at all these hot girls that I'm not, and just feel shitty and then wake up in a shitty mood. And it's just like, the domino effect. But if I actually put effort into turning my phone off early, you know, having a nice cup of tea and reading a nice book or just like listening to a podcast and just like being kind to myself, it changes my entire life. And I know it does for you too. So another thing I do, and this is one of the last things on the list, is dry brushing. So dry brushing is basically you use a dry brush as it sounds (laughs) and it's this kind of harder brush I bought mine on Amazon you just type in dry brush and it it's like as big as my hand 
And I brush when my skin is totally dry, maybe before or after a shower. And I brush um, upwards towards my heart if I'm going for my legs, and then downwards from my chest and my neck. Um, so this is a form of Ayurvedic medicine. And this is great for your lymphatic system to get blood circulating. It's great to reduce, you know, skin imperfections and to just brush off all the dry skin. I really like how it feels. And I also feel really like stimulated after like my whole body just feels like really energized. So I love to do that. And just like taking the time to do it as well and not rushing, just like, you know, being more in the moment, like I was saying at the beginning, I think it's awesome for my self-love is just to do these things for myself and just loving myself. I know it sounds really cliche, but at the end of the day, you got to love yourself and love yourself enough to do these things. Some of you may be like, but I just don't love myself. And it's like, no, you do love yourself. If you did love yourself, you'd feed yourself and clothe yourself and get out of bed, you know? And if you did love yourself or if you didn't love yourself, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now because it's a work and effort, you know, like you you can't just love yourself and be okay with loving yourself the rest of your life. We go through phases. We're human. I just was honest with you in the past two weeks, I haven't been doing my morning routine every single morning and I've just kind of been blech because I've been stressed with work and that's okay. But my standard is that I'm not going to just stop doing it completely. I'm going through a phase where I'm not doing it as much, but my standard is I normally do it. Make it your standard to normally be, you know, doing things that really help you and keep you in check with your positivity and your your healthy mindset and just just make it a standard for yourself. Everything is standards. I don't know if you guys have listened to any of Tony Robbins' work, but your life is as good as your standards and, you know, your standards are everything. So if you have a standard to be in a shitty relationship, then you'll never dump the guy. If your standard is... I only want to give my time and and be in a relationship with somebody that fuels me and brings out the best in me and actually genuinely cares about who I am and accepts me for who I am and I don't need to be embarrassed around and just like this perfect human, then that's your standard. And that's why, honestly, I didn't really have a boyfriend until I met Ben at 21 years old because I had a standard with dating. I've had a very high standard with, with boyfriends for my entire life. Yeah, I dated around before Ben, but like Ben was the first guy I actually gave that standard away for. Like, or no, not gave that standard away because he still meets that standard, but he's the first guy that I let come into my life, although I had this standard, like he met that standard. So I I think that's the trick to everything. If you have a standard with how you'll be treated at work, then you won't allow your boss to speak to you in this negative way. If you have a standard um, for, for your relationships with your friends and you won't accept them to be rude to you or talk down to you or make you feel less than you are, then you won't have friends like that. You have a standard that you only want to be surrounded by these really motivated, happy, positive people, then you will meet that standard. It all goes back to standards. And I think self-love is such an intricate, complicated thing. It's not just about, you know, not checking your phone as much or, having your room tidy and clean. It's everything goes back to what you're actually thinking, how your mind is actually working. All these things are tips and to help you out and stuff. But just, I would also say if you're really struggling with self-love, 
do a gratitude list in the morning and at night. Like, do it as much as you can until you feel better. You can't be grateful and angry at the same time. You can't be grateful and upset at the same time. You really can't. Those emotions don't go hand in hand. So write a gratitude list and just be really mindful of of what you actually have in your life. In reality, you're listening to this podcast right now, which means you have a phone or a computer, which means that you're in that 1% in the entire world. Stop being spoiled and thinking, oh God, I don't have a million dollars or or God, like I don't have this Victoria's Secret body. It's like, dude, look at where your life is now. Look at who you are. Look at where you, you were raised. Like you're in the 1%. So be grateful and use what you can as your resources. But just also remember that nobody's perfect. And those people that you see on Instagram and those magazine covers and all that stuff, like they're not real. Like those are photoshopped pictures most likely in magazines and these people on Instagram they're just posting their highlight reel like I do and you know I'm gonna admit it like I post my highlight reel I won't post a picture my nose looks too big you know so that's just how I am right now hopefully one day I'll be able to change that but that's just something I'm insecure about not my nose but like I'm insecure about posting images that aren't flattering of myself which whatever I think most people are but just I'm trying to trying to say here nobody's perfect Nobody, not even like Gigi Hadid, like nobody is perfect. And it might seem like they are from the outside, but they're not. And the more time you spend thinking about other people and the more time you spend thinking about what you don't have is more time you lose being alive on this fucking planet. Look around yourself. You have one chance at this life. You have one chance you can't go back. Regret is a real thing. Don't just think you're never going to regret something because you're not 80 years old yet. You don't want to look back on your life and think, oh my God, why did I spend so much time caring what other people think about me? That's the biggest thing I wish I could tell my 14, 15 year old self. Stop giving a shit what people think about you. Be you. Be completely you. And, you know, just, just live. Like, be okay. You're fine right now. You can play guitar and sing and not be embarrassed if your friends are, you know, making fun of you. Just find new friends. Like, it's simple. Just be you and that should be your top priority. And don't give in to peer pressures because it's so fucking stupid. Like, that's what I wish I could tell my younger self. Stop trying to be cool all the time. Like, God, concentrate on you. Like, the more personal growth work that you do, the happier of a human you'll be and the more accepting you'll be with yourself. Um, And one more last thing that I always say, but it's really important. Take 100% responsibility for your life. Look around yourself. Look at where you are right now in life. Look at how much money you're making. Look at your relationships. Look at your body. Look at everything. Take responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for where you are because it is completely up to you and everything you've produced up to now is your fault. So if you've made a lot of money and been really successful, that's, that's you know, good for you. Congratulations. It was because of you. If you have a really shitty relationship with your mom because you think she's a bitch or something, no, you're also at fault there. There's, there's something about taking responsibility for your life that gives you a control of changing it. So I would highly recommend listening or reading the book, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. That book changed my life. Um, and the first chapter says take 100% responsibility for your life because the second you do is the second that you realize you have the power to change your life and it's the truth and we need to stop acting like victims. 
We have to. It's an epidemic, honestly. Being a victim is an epidemic lately. We need to stop blaming other people for the quality of our lives. You need to stop blaming, you know, circumstances or other people or environments because of your failure. If you really want something, you can get it. And I'm not saying this from a point of being, you know, very well privileged growing up. No, my parents, as I said in other podcasts, I know I was on Made in Chelsea, but they misportrayed me as being super wealthy when I wasn't. Um, my parents are artists. Like, I was never really rich growing up at all. Um, I moved to London. I worked three jobs when I was first here. Like, I could barely make it. I am not, I don't come from a family that has given me everything. Yes, they, they've given me all the love and all of the emotional, um, you know, assets that I needed. But I, I didn't come from a shit ton of money. And I think that's what what's made this valid, me saying this to you, because I... I, I I didn't grow up in poverty, but I also like didn't I wasn't given all this shit. So, you know, I've had some comments when I speak about this on my Instagram from people being like, "Oh, easy for you to say, you know, you're what you're producing is up to you. It's like you've been given everything." I'm like, "No, I haven't. I've worked so hard for what I have. I've taken big risks. You know, me moving to London was a massive risk. I I dropped everything and I saved up all my money to come here. And I I just I really took all these risks. So. Don't you dare tell me that you you aren't 100% responsible for your life. You 100% are. Look at stories like Oprah, okay? She was a 13-year-old girl that was raped by her uncle living in this extremely poor little village. Like, come on, guys. I don't know if it's a village. I don't know where she grew up. I think it was in the U.S. But it's just, come on. You're 100% responsible, and you'll never become successful, extremely successful, if you don't take responsibility for what you produce, So that's what I'm trying to say here. All right. I hope you have an incredible day. It's all in your control. If you want to have a great day or a shitty day, take control. And I'm so happy that you made it to the end of this podcast. I think it was a pretty powerful one. I'm not going to cut any of this. I'm not going to cut any parts out. I'm just going to do it raw and real. And let me know if you want me to talk about anything else. And DM me um, if you want, you know, to let me know any subjects or anything you want me to talk about and all that jazz. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next week.